trouble. I want to talk to you about trouble this morning. One of the things that Jesus promised us in this life is trouble. It's not, not a matter of if you'll face trouble, encounter trouble. It's a matter of when. Jesus said all of us at some time or another, we're going to encounter trouble. But does God have a plan? I said, does God have a plan? Oh, yes, he does. It's called his restoration lifestyle. Are you enjoying God's restoration lifestyle? That's the subject of this morning's message. Would you begin filling the blanks with me? If you don't have a sermon, fill in the blank study guide. Lift up your hand. The ushers will get one to you. You can follow along with me. I want to bless you this morning. This is a blessing word. This is a Christmas word this morning. This is enjoying the restoration lifestyle in the name of Jesus. Write it down if you would. One of the most absolute certainties of life is trouble. Trouble. Would you agree with me? It's a short trip to find trouble. Troubles experiencing, you know, unexpected expenses and now you wonder if you can pay the bills. Troubles being told at work, hey, don't bother taking off your coat. <sighs> Your services are no longer needed. Trouble is hearing the big C word from your doctor, cancer. Trouble is, is finding out uh, that lies have been spread about you and now your reputation has been smeared. Trouble is coming home to a fire or a flood and finding out that your home insurance is not what it's cracked up to be. Trouble is discovering that your child has been leading a double life an immoral life, and you just can't stop crying. Trouble is having the one who vowed to you, I do, only to end up saying, I can't, I won't, I don't. There's no way to avoid trouble. There's no wall high enough, there's no door strong enough to keep out trouble. It's not a matter, again, of if, but when trouble will come knocking at your door. Troubles prove that you're a card-carrying member of the human race. Being a Christian doesn't exempt you from having trouble. Bad things do happen to good people. The only people that I've ever found that have all their troubles behind them are the dead and school bus drivers. Come on, face it. The pivotal issue is this, not a trouble-free life. The real issue is, how do you respond to your troubles? How do you respond to the valleys, the, the, the vicissitudes, the, 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 the dark times of life? How are you responding? Jesus gave us this word. It's your main text this morning, John 16, Jesus said, yes, in this world you will have trouble, tribulation, problems, but be of good cheer. Right away, I want to ask the question, Jesus, why? How can I be of good cheer? How can I be of, of big faith? How, how can I be of high expectation? How can I know that everything's going to be all right? Jesus says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That's how. That's how. That's how you can be of good cheer. The Bible reveals, write it down, that our Heavenly Father is in the restoration business. I'm not talking about cars, furniture, or houses. I'm talking about your life and my life. If God allows you to walk through a deep, dark valley... His promise to you is that when you come out on the other end, you will not only survive, you will thrive. You're going to come out more blessed, more healthy, more joyous, more promoted, more prosperous than you ever thought imaginable. Because God's restoration promise is always this, the best is always yet to come. This is God's word to you this morning. Throughout the Bible, there is a marvelous principle I want to, I've never taught on this in my entire ministry at Lakeside. This is new to me as I've been studying and exploring God's Word. Throughout the Holy Scriptures, there is a thread. There is a truth. 
there is a principle that runs. It is called the restoration principle. Look with me, discover it with me. My most favorite psalm is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Verse 3 says, He restoreth my soul. Have you blown it in the past? Do you have a bad track record? Have you failed God miserably? Listen to God's restoration promise to you. The book of Joel. Joel says, And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. If you turn your life around, if you repent, uh, if you decide that God's grace is greater than all of your sin, God will restore back to you what the enemy hath devoured. Praise the Lord. This is God's word, not my word. This morning, Jeremiah 30, 17, For you that are sick, for I will restore health to you, saith the Lord, and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. God's principle of restoration is founded firmly on the Mosaic Law. The Mosaic Law said that a thief comes into your home. If you are robbed, God's Word, God's Law declared that you were to receive restitution. What kind of restitution? Look at the principle. Look at the Mosaic Law. Exodus chapter 22, anyone who steals must certainly make restitution. What's the principle of restoration? They must pay back double. In other places in the word, Proverbs, we read, if a thief is caught, he must pay how much? Sevenfold, though it costs him all the wealth of his house. The principle is this. That when God restores what the enemy has stolen from your life, it is always at least double blessing. At least it's double portion. At least it's double inheritance. At least it's double restoration. Get a hold of that at the very minimum. Double. Double blessing. Oh, it's throughout the word. Like I said, Isaiah picks up this principle. You will receive a double measure of wealth instead of your shame. You will sing about your wealth instead of being disgraced. That is why you will have a double measure of wealth in your land. You will have everlasting joy. Some of you had a terrible downturn in 2008. Some of you were laid off. You're still trying to recover. Keep expecting. Keep trusting. Keep being faithful in tithes and offerings. Watch at least the double portion come. Listen to the word of the Lord. Zechariah chapter 9, 11. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you. We have a covenant in blood at the cross of Calvary. I will free you from prisoner, you prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. If there's anything that I want to be in bondage to, I want to be in bondage to hope. <laughs> hope in God. Even now I announce that I will restore what? Twice as much to you, saith the Lord. Who's a dramatic example of this principle? Job. Nobody suffered like Job. In one blow, Job lost all of his business. He lost his finances. He lost all of his children, most probably his grandchildren as well. He lost his health covered from head to foot in boils. He lost it all. He said, naked I came into this world and naked I will return. I came with nothing. I leave with nothing. He did have three friends that came to counsel and comfort him. Weren't they something else? They told Job their, their counsel was this. There's sin in your life. That's why God is punishing you. How would you like to have that encouragement at your hospital bed? And isn't it something how God allows some things to be taken and some things to remain? I'm talking about his wife. She was a real piece of work, wasn't she? What was her encouraging word? Why don't you curse God and die, Job? I mean, wouldn't you like me to come and visit you in the hospital and say, why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> that was her word to Job. Yet through it all, the Bible says, through it all, the Bible says, through it all, he didn't lose his faith. He did not lose his hope. In fact, he allowed hope to arise. We hear golden classic statements of faith confessed from the mouth of Job who said, Though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. Yea, my Redeemer liveth. 
because he gave glory to God. How does the story end up? Job chapter 42. What do we read in God's word in Job chapter 42? Amen. The Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. Do you see the principle there? Do you see what God is trying to say to the people of God this morning, to his children? If you're going through a dark time, if you're going through a valley, a storm, a battle, God is in the restoration business. Hold your head up high, winking at you just around the corner is double portion. Double portion. It all depends on you, though. Be of good cheer. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. So be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, Jesus said. How do we enjoy this lifestyle? You might be sitting here this morning and saying, Pastor, boy, that sounds good. <laughs> I need at least a double portion. And, and, and that sevenfold, I could handle that too. Pastor, that's sounding awful good. How can I enjoy a restoration lifestyle? Well, I'm going to tell you. Number one, number one, write it down. Determine to keep standing up on the inside. Let your hope arise. Expect restoration to come. Listen. Back problems might knock you down. MS, ALS might knock you down. Cancer might knock you down, but keep standing up on the inside. I might be talking to someone via our, our video cast right now, and you're shut in. You're watching this service at home. I've heard this so often from people, even people around the world now that watch us via video cast our website. You might be in bed, you might be a shut in, you might be crippled in a wheelchair. You might be knocked down by circumstances, but in the name of Jesus, rise up with your hope. Stand up on the inside. This is your choice. God can do this for you. The key is to stay in an attitude of expectant faith. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. When the day of evil comes. Again, the Bible does not exempt the Christian from the day of trouble. Again, not a matter of if, but when. When the day of evil comes, stand your ground. Stand your ground. And after you've done everything, keep doing what? Standing. There it is. Maybe you've trusted the Lord a long time. Maybe you've been praying for a long time. Yet the enemy keeps whispering in your ear. What's the use? Nothing ever changes. Listen. Don't give up. Keep standing on the inside. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep allowing hope to arise. Restoration is coming. Restoration is coming. I might be talking to someone right now that you're at the end of your rope. Uh, you're ready to throw in the towel. Restoration is coming. Just winking at you around the corner could be your greatest miracle. Hold on. Hold on. Do not be weary in well-doing. For if you faint not, the Bible says, you will reap in due season a mighty harvest. Standing up on the inside means that every so often... You've got to confess your faith. It's not enough just to believe it up here. You've got to get it out here. As a pastor in the public arena, I know, I know, I know, I know I'm discussed at the dinner table. I know I'm talked about on Facebook. I am not naive regarding that. But when it really hurts is when it comes to your attention that there's been gossip floating around and it's lies, it's uh, false accusation, it's mistruth, it's slanderous, and your reputation is being smeared. As a pastor, in many ways, that's all I've got in the natural, my integrity, my reputation. And there's nothing that hurts like a knife than when there are lies are spread about you. 
And I have had times where I have stood in a corner of my office. I have stood at my bathroom mirror. I've stood in a corner of my home. And instead of wilting, instead of saying, oh, pity me, instead of getting bitter, I've decided to get better. And in the name of Jesus, it might be the corner of the wall. It might be the mirror. I begin roaring at the enemy. In the name of Jesus, I come against you, Goliath, to know that all of this battle, the battle is the Lord's. That all of this people may know, you might come against me with spear, sword, and shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. This habitation, this vessel was fashioned for the Lord's presence, and you have no authority here. Jesus has all authority. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep walking for Jesus. I'm going to keep declaring my faith in Jesus. For greater is he that's within me than he that's within this world. There's times that you just have to roar at the enemy. There's times that you have to confess and declare your faith at the enemy. There's times that you have to serve him notice that you're going to keep standing up on the inside no matter what. Are you with me in this? You understand? Capiche, capiche. Yes. Too many of us are waving the white flag of surrender. And you've taken on the victim's mentality. And God wants you to rise up. Stop being a victim. Be a victor. Move into the restoration mindset. And watch what God has for you. Hallelujah. Oh, fill in the blank. Enjoying the restoration lifestyle happens as we refuse to get bitter or resentful by forgiving and forgetting. John chapter 16, verse 22, Jesus said, No man, no man, no man can take away your joy. Nobody, no matter what they do or what they say, can take away your joy. Only you can give them permission to do that. Only you can decide you're going to bow down on the inside. Only you can decide you're going to become bitter instead of better. A prime example of this is Joseph. Joseph was hated by who? Joseph was sold into slavery by who? His brothers. Can you imagine your siblings selling you into slavery? Some of you can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some of you can. <laughs> I, there, the principle here is there's no hurt that's worse than when the attack comes from those that are closest to you. Are you with me? I, I mean, when the knife is held by your closest friend, your closest loved one, when the knife is in your back and twisted and salt is poured in for good measure, the hurt goes so deep that uh, we, we cannot even imagine. Joseph sold into slavery by his own brothers. In Egypt, he gets falsely accused. Now he's thrown not just into slavery, but into the worst dungeon cell of Egypt. There, everyone forgot about him. Except God. I said, except God. God hadn't forgotten and jo Joseph became a candidate for the miraculous. Never once do we hear a word of bitterness. Never once do we hear a spirit of resentment whatsoever. In fact, what we do hear is that his hope begins to arise. Uh, he allowed expectation to arise. He knew that somehow, some way, God was going to show up. And God did. In one moment, God took him from the pit to the palace. In one moment, God took him from the prison to the presidency, the vice presidency of Egypt. And he received promotion. You talk about more than double portion. He received promotion to the White House. Hallelujah. Can you imagine? We know that Joseph, Joseph chose to forget by what he named his first son. Do you know what he named his first son? 
Scripture's clear. Let's look at that in Genesis. Joseph named his oldest son Manasseh, which means made to forget. What he meant was that God had made up to him all the anguish of his youth and for the loss of his father's home. Some of you need to have a healing of your memories. You are held prisoner by hurting memories. And if you will open the door to your hurting memories unto the Lord, the Lord will heal and cause you to forget. Yes, mentally you can remember, but now you can remember with release instead of remembering with resentment. Do you see the principle here? One day his brothers, who now he has saved from the famine because of his position of prominence and presidency, they came to him, they bowed, they groveled before him thinking that Joseph was going to kill them in retaliation and revenge. What did Joseph say to his brothers? As far as I'm concerned, Joseph said, God turned into good what you meant for evil. For he brought me to this high position I have today so that I could save the lives of many people. You see how Joseph looked at it? Do you see the principle of restoration here? I don't care what the enemy does to you. I don't care how deep, dark, and dank the, 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 the evil is. God has the power to take that evil and turn it into good. Only God can do that. He's the restorer. He's the restorer of broken bodies. He's the restorer of broken health. He's the restorer of broken marriages and broken homes, broken finance, and broken hearts. Hallelujah. But the pivotal issue, the link, the linchpin is you. You must remain better and not bitter. You have to forgive. You have to forget. Just as long as you're resentful, you short circuit the power of God in your life. God can't move. You tie up the hands of God. But as long as your spirit is clean, God can bring restoration into your life for His honor, His glory, for it is the Lord's doing. He'll bring you out better than you ever were before. Amen. Number three, the restoration lifestyle is experienced as we choose to be winners rather than whiners by praising the Lord. Are you sitting around waiting for your circumstances to change? And then you'll praise the Lord? Are you sitting around waiting for your health to recover? And then you'll thank the Lord? Are you sitting around waiting for a, a brand new job? Waiting for your finances to be able to recover? And, and, and then you'll praise the Lord? Is that God's plan? Is that God's principle? No. God is waiting for you to praise Him now. You need to thank Him now. Don't wait for Jericho's walls to go down. Shout out the praise now. Thank him now. And watch the restoration come. Watch it come. Are we to praise him? Are we to thank him because it's a way to butter God up? No, it's a way to build your faith up. God wants you to, to thank and, and to praise him in the midst of your trouble as a way to allow your expectation to rise up. It's a way for you to stand up inside because as long as you praise the Lord, as long as you thank the Lord in the midst of your trouble, you are magnifying your God instead of magnifying your problem. You see that there. And God's principle, God's principle, God's dynamic is that if you'll choose to be a winner, instead of a whiner, you will create a pathway in which God can move and the enemy has to get out of the way. How many are allergic to something? How many are allergic to something? Lift up your hands. Man, what a sick group I'm preaching to here. In my 20s, in my 20s, I was allergic. They found to molds. Uh, tree pollen and mites, house dust. In my 40s, 
they discovered I was uh, allergic to over 40 different things. <laughs> One of them was newsprint. For a guy that likes looking at used cars on the classified, that was anathema to me. That was a curse to me. My, my, my. Oh, my, my. Allergic. Yes. Guess who's allergic to praise and worship? Guess who just can't stand an attitude and an environment of God confidence and faith and expectation and honor and glory and praise to the King of Kings. Guess who's allergic to that? Old Slewfoot, the devil. That's right. Amen. Honey, sir, ma'am, is he attacking your life? Uh, is he a monkey on your back? Shoot up those hands and start thanking the Lord. Start praising Jesus and watch the devil run. The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. We have a couple that you'll see tonight in our presentation. Oh, they're good looking. Uh, and especially in that Victorian uh, wear, those costumes, my, 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 uh, Matt and Angela. Matt is the police officer in the Scrooge presentation. Amen. And it, it was about three weeks ago, a month ago, they came to us, I think it was a, a Wednesday night service maybe, and they were all tore up. Uh, Matt had felt led to leave his job, a job of security, to be able to, to climb up the ladder for a, a more uh, 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 prosperous position and job uh, with a Christian businessman. And the Christian businessman turned out to be false, unethical, and uh, suddenly the main breadwinner of the home was without a job. And, and they were destroyed. And uh, Ken Baker, Deacon, Mike Blust, a board member, uh, I, I grabbed those two guys. They, they were available, and I said, we've got to pray. We've got to pray right now. I know, it was a Scrooge rehearsal. And we went out in the hallway here, and, and uh, both of these uh, dear men spoke words of faith uh, uh, into Matt and Angela and I prayed over them, and suddenly I felt the Lord give me a word of personal prophecy. It doesn't always happen, but every now and then, uh, a thus saith the Lord. And it, it arose in me, and I spoke to this couple, and I said, thus saith the Lord, you are going to come out of this better than you began. I declare to you in the name of Jesus that you are going to be positioned for promotion. You are going to be positioned for prosperity. The Lord is going to put you in a position that you're going to have more offers than you can handle. You are not going to just have one offer. You're going to have several offers. It's going to put you in a position where you must decide in which way to go. A very advantageous position to be in. Last night, uh, uh, in the middle of performance, I saw them in the gym uh, resting, and, and I said, hey, wh what's the status? What's... And he's, I've got how many? How many offers? <laughs> Three offers right now, and he's, he's, he's into that problem of trying to decide which one is he going to take. Isn't God good? Amen. Amen. Double portion, triple portion. Hallelujah! Restoration lifestyle. This is what God wants to do in your life. This is what God wants to bring in your life. He has no favorites. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. For the upteenth time, I'm going to tell you about Becky's brownies. Because I told the Italian people it was their favorite story about Becky's brownies. That's right. Uh, I, I told them about how Becky's brownies are, are so delicious. They're so chocolatey. They're, they're so fudge, uh, fudgy, if that's a word. And I made sure that they had brownies in Italy. And oh, yes, we know what they are. And, and, and I, 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 as I was preaching, I, I told all of them, I said, say ooey 
And they said, ooey. I said, say chewy. They said, chewy. I said, say gooey. Gooey. I said, now say ooey, chewy, gooey. And they said, ooey, chewy, gooey. Yeah, you would have thought there was a cult going on in that conference room there. And, and I said, that's what Becky's brownies are like. Oh, yummy, yummy. And I'm preaching just like this. And, and, and you've heard me share a zillion times how I'll be in the, the, the great room of, of my home and I'll be, be reading a book. And, and all of a sudden, that aroma comes into the great room. That chocolatey, I mean, fudgy, ooey, chewy, gooey <laughs> smell of Becky's brownies. Uh, I mean, a good hour before I actually put them in my mouth, I'm already enjoying them. I'm, I'm already experiencing them. Uh, I, I mean, I'm making so many of you hungry right now. Uh, uh, it's an ooey, chewy experience. Uh, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, 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 and the principle is this. When you're going through your valley, your dark time, when you're going through the storm, when you're fighting the battle, you need to start smelling victory. You, know, you need to start expecting and tasting the Lord's goodness, the Lord's promises, the Lord's victory. Amen. He's winking at you just around the corner. Victory is coming. You're on the winning side. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who Strengthens us. Get excited about your miracle. Get excited about your healing. Get excited about your promotion that's coming. God can work upon a people who are candidates for the miraculous. Don't short circuit what God wants to do in your experience. Rise up and begin to smell the brownies of God. I had more, I had more, I had more Italian people at dinner time coming up to me and looking me in the eye and going, ooey, chewy, gooey. I got it. Ooey, chewy, gooey. Oh, they, did, they just got it all excited about that principle. I'm talking about expectation. I deal, I minister, I counsel with more Christians that have been in the church so much of their life. And it's always, woe is me. Oh, pastor, if you've ever prayed, and I always want to come back with, what are you doing? Don't put it all on me. What are you doing? Jesus always said, according to your faith. Just before the miracle, just before the healing, according to your faith. I want to remind you, the woman with the issue of blood, she crawled on her hands and knees. She reached out. She touched she acted. Rise up. Stand up on the inside. <laughs> Restoration is coming. Restoration is coming. Come on, get excited. Smell it. <laughs> Sense it. Feel it. Touch it. Taste it. It's coming. Well, some of you believe it. God is so good, He's so great. He wants to touch. He wants to give you His favor. He wants to bless. He wants to heal. He wants to move. He wants to restore. Start looking at things differently. My grandpa had a saying that would drive us crazy. Anytime there were problems in the family circle, our great patriarch, my dad's dad, who's now with the Lord, he would smile at us when we would lose, fail, suffer loss, he'd smile at us and he'd say, Oh, Phil, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Whatever befalls your life, you need to have that attitude. This too shall pass. That leads me to my next point. Write it down. Those enjoying the restoration lifestyle tell their troubles they're subject to change. They're subject to change. They're subject to change. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. 
Some of you are dealing with some rough stuff right now. Some of you see unemployment. You see financial malady. You see divorce. You are seeing loneliness. You are seeing cancer. You are seeing the deathbed of your loved one. What is the word of the Lord here this morning to us? What you are seeing is transitory. What you are seeing is temporary. What you are seeing is subject to change. It's going to pass. What is eternal? What is eternal? God's love. God's grace. God's sovereignty. He's on the throne. And He is King of kings and Lord of lords forever. Jesus said, The heavens and the earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. For you that have financial problems right now, I want you to go home and pull out your checkbook or pull it out right now and look at it and say, you're subject to change. You're subject to change. I have my eyes on the Lord of glory. I have my eyes on Jehovah Jireh, my provider, who will supply all of my needs. For you that are dealing with uh, divorce right now, you need to look at those papers that were served you. And in the name of Jesus, you need to look at those papers and say, you're subject to change. My God, my Lord is the healer of broken hearts. He is nigh unto them of a broken heart. He sets at liberty them that are bruised. He preaches deliverance to the captive. He comes with a recovery of sight to the blind. Some of you, some of you, some of you that are dealing with the big C word, cancer, you need to look at that doctor's diagnosis and say, you are subject to change. <laughs> you are subject to change. By his stripes, I'm already healed. <laughs> By his stripes, uh, I have regained my health, for the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if God chooses not to heal me now, I've got a perfect healing waiting for me in heaven. Hallelujah, for to live is Christ and to die is gain. There it is, subject to change. Some of you, tomorrow you're going you're gonna to wake up and you're going to go to work and you've got to deal with that boss again. Come on, let's talk about your boss. He or she is rude, he or she is crude. They're hard to deal with. You need to look them in the eye tomorrow and say, you're subject to change. Well, can I backtrack on that? Maybe you're better off to do it in prayer. Your job might be subject to change. <laughs> the principle is, though, it's temporary. This too shall pass. Amen. Get caught up in what will last forever. Don't get caught up. Don't get caught up. Don't get caught up on the here and now. This whole thing's going to burn up. It's going to burn up. I just had a birthday yesterday. Man, I'm getting more and more aware how life just, poof, like that. It goes by so quick. Some of you are dealing with children that are not serving God. And the... The devil, old Slewfoot, is whispering in your ear, parent, your child's going to fry in hell with me. And you need to take a stand of faith, and in the name of Jesus, you need to declare, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I claim the soul of my child through the cross. I plead the blood of Jesus, for they have been dedicated unto the Lord. Their vessel has been fashioned for the presence of the Lord. And enemy, you have no authority in that place. Hallelujah. You're subject to change. You know, there's, there's things to get mad about. And in the name of Jesus, it's okay to get mad at the devil. Anytime I give him a Malux moment, anytime I make him double over in the corner to call 911 in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, when he's mad, it makes me glad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proclaim it. Lastly, lastly, Write it down. 
Remember God's restoration promises. They're throughout the Bible. That with Him on your side, the best, the best, the best is always yet to come. You want to see the principle? God's restoration principle is this. Always, 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 your ladder, the end, the last chapter, will always be greater than the, than the former. The latter will be greater than the former. Here it is, Job chapter 42. The latter part of Job's life was more blessed than the first part. The latter part was more blessed than the first part. For the believer that walks with God in restoration, for the believer that walks in God-confident faith, hear me in this. The best is always yet to come. Seasoned saint... Prime timer, senior, senior citizens, stop, stop acting old. It's okay to look old physically, but stop acting old. Get rid of that retirement mentality. Stop retiring and start refiring. The best is yet to come. The greatest adventure is yet to come. At any moment, God can bring a miracle. At any moment, God can turn things around. At any moment, God can bring a suddenly. A suddenly. Have you ever had a suddenly? I've had them. In one moment, everything changed. It's all God needs. Faith in one moment. Mary Magdalene, her whole world was shattered as she stood crying at the empty tomb. Not only was her Lord dead, not only was her Jesus dead, but you need to recognize she honored Jesus as Lord and God. When God dies, what hope do we have? With God being dead, what hope is there? There is no hope. So now you understand why Mary Magdalene is crying at the empty tomb of Jesus. On top of that, somebody has stolen his dead body. In her understanding. A gardener, she thinks a gardener taps her on the shoulder as she's crying bitterly. She looks at the gardener through the, the haze of her tears and she says, Oh, sir, oh, sir, have you taken my Lord's body? Do you know where my Lord's body is? Where have you taken him? Oh, Mary, Rabboni, Master. He spoke her name, and she knew it was Jesus. Here's the truth. You might be crying at an empty tomb right now. You might be in the worst of the worst situations, but Mary didn't know that she was standing right next to her greatest miracle. <laughs> Honey, young person, dear one, get excited. God orders your steps. God orders the steps of the righteous. What you're in right now is not by happenstance or accident. God is leading you. So instead of a victim's mentality, get a victor's mentality. Get a restoration mentality. Promotion is coming. Healing is coming. Restoration is coming. You're standing right next to your greatest miracle. Hallelujah! It was a little bit more than a year ago. A year ago, September. September of 2013, I was working here in the church office, and uh, my cell phone rang. I didn't even look at the caller ID, and, and I said, hello? And I thought I was hearing a voice from hell. It was like a wailing soul lost in hell. And until you're a parent... You won't understand this. My parents in the room understand this. When it's your child crying, I don't care how old your child is, there's nothing that clutches your heart more. And the call was coming from California. Dad! Dad! 
I did not heed the voice of the Holy Spirit. I was blind. I was blind. Wailing on the phone. My son, a young pastor in Southern California, he was deceived. We were deceived. For a whole year, my son had been going with a girl, fallen in love with her. We thought for sure this was going to be our daughter-in-law. If you'll remember, there was a Christmas that Jonathan had to leave early because she was sick with a stomach infection. And I asked the whole church here to pray. We were concerned. It was all a fake. In fact, every time she claimed to be sick, it was a fake. For a year, he had given his heart to this young lady. And I'll tell you, I'd rather be in the hospital any day than have a broken heart. You with me? We flew out there for his graduation, expecting to see her at his graduation when he received his Master's of Divinity. She never showed. It hurt him so bad, she claimed to be sick again. Went with her for a whole year. A buddy from college showed up at John's apartment and uh, said, uh, how's it going? And John mentioned his relationship. And the guy looked puzzled. He, he said, well, has she broken up with so-and-so? Well, it's all over her Facebook page. Well, John said, I'm not allowed to go in that part of Facebook. She said, that's her private devotional journal part. The guy laughed and opened up his, and there it was. She had been going with another guy whole year. Uh, it was double jeopardy, two-timing Jonathan. And he was so hurt. The Spirit of the Lord came upon me, and I began to prophesy on Jonathan. Son, you're going to have a suddenly. I sense that you're not going to be a bachelor to the rapture. You're going to have a suddenly. God is going to bring the woman of your, of your dreams into your life. In fact, it's going to be the woman of God's dreams. She is going to be the right pastor's wife. She's going to be the right woman who's going to respect and love you and encourage you and build you up instead of tearing you down. And it's going to happen suddenly in the name of Jesus. I declare this upon you. Restoration is coming. Get excited about it. Position yourself for it. Not a month later, we get a phone call. What a different phone call. Mom, Dad, I think this is the one. <laughs> now, you might, you might say that this was a romance rebound, but let me tell you, that year of falling in love, and then last October, we flew out to their wedding. And as I was officiating over the ceremony, she then, because we don't know Taryn super well, but she unveiled her heart when she read the vows that she had personally composed for Jonathan. And I started crying in the middle of the wedding. And I'm standing up there officiating it as I heard these vows. I want you to see how God restores. Would you put those vows up on the screen? Taryn said, our story is undeniably a testament to God's faithfulness, his perfect timing, his incredible love for us. I thank him every day for the precious gift he gave me in you. From this day forward, I vow to give you all of me, to be faithful and loyal to you, forsaking all others and joyfully give you the fullness of my heart's affection. I vow to pursue you relentlessly, keeping our love young, vibrant, and full of life. I commit to use my words and actions to build you up, encourage you, affirm your true identity and worth in Christ. I vow to respect you as my husband, allowing you to lead me and protect my heart. I vow to always protect your heart and care 
tenderly for your soul. Above all these things, I vow to entrust our marriage, family, and ministry to the Lord. I'm ready to walk hand in hand as we boldly step into whatever adventure God has planned for us. I love you so much, Jonathan Philip Christ, and I can't wait for a life full of laughter and joy with you by my side. I don't know about you, I was ready to get married all over again. (laughs) Wow, what a woman. What a woman. I mean, restoration. Restoration. God has no favorites. He's no respecter of persons. What he's done for others, he can do for you. You got any rivers that you think are uncrossable? You got any mountains you just can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. And he can do what no other power can possibly do. Father, in the name of Jesus. I ask even right now, O Lord, that you would do your restoration work, that you would restore broken bodies, broken finances, broken homes, broken hopes, even, O God, broken hearts, broken souls. Lord, Christmas, Christmas is your restoration plan. Through Christmas, you designed to restore us back to you through your Son, Christ Jesus. Do it again this morning in your name and for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Stand with me quietly, quietly this morning. Precious Jesus. Would you sing that chorus with me? In the presence of Jehovah. In the presence of Jehovah. God Almighty. declare upon you in the name of our Lord that our God is ready to restore at least double portion upon thee if only you allow hope to arise to receive as you believe he's in the restoration business his ear is not so heavy that he cannot hear his arm is not so short it cannot reach He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Only believe. Only believe. How many? How many are here this morning? With a raised hand, you would say, Pastor, I need the Lord's restoration touch in my life. I need it in my finances. I need it in my health. I need it for my children. I need it for my situation. I'm walking through uh, trouble right now, and I need the Lord's restoration. I want you to join me down here right now. Join me right now down here as Cindy sings. Sing it with us this morning. Amen. 